one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I've had, um, I've had Paul White's AEW theme in my head for a couple of days. I couldn't even tell you what it is. It goes... Well, he's big and he's big and he's big and he's big. <laughs> he's big, he's big, he's big. Big, big and biggity big. <laughs> and he's big. He's also British. It's Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I just can't. <laughs> it's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! Hogwild is done. Time for vengeance, son. It's the Cold Arctic Classic Nitro Review. We're back again in the. Oh, you sad about Hogwild being over? Did you love it so? No, I'm kind of. It's, it's just what's the point of carrying on after Hogwild? Just in general. Just, what's the point? <laughs> Just in it's, general. It was an absolute cluster, wasn't it? It's a dreadful show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether or not it was because it was a bad show, because I think but we both came in with other things on our mind that kind of made us both a bit sad. Yeah. Or both. Or both. But either way, <laughs> I reckon it was probably it was probably a bad show. I think it Look was Look at the timescale. Maybe right? a bad Look show. Look at the adjective. <laughs> bad show. <laughs> I can show is the adjective according to Kevin Nash, of course. But hey, look, by the way, a uh, uh, radio episode of That Portfolio, fake Geordie Tom Campbell with resident WCW kid Sam Driver. And Lair. Welcome to the Coltonic Classic Nitro Review. Before that, there was a good show this past weekend. Yeah, you it went, was all right. You went to Wembley. Yeah, something happened. It was all right, wasn't it? Yeah. Did you have a nice time? No, it was class. It was, <laughs> yeah, it, was, uh, it was just wild, you know. I like being at big wrestling shows anyway, but it was weird just to have that in, in the UK. That felt really, really odd. Uh, so more of that, please. And we're getting it back next year. Uh, and hopefully, you know, a bit of an earlier fucking start so we can make a train home. <laughs> we would be, be pretty foaming. nice. <laughs> foaming at the fact that we were... Because Fraser and I were back here yeah. doing live reactions. We were told 5 p.m. for zero hour. Yeah, me too. Uh, and uh, and Tony just went, 
lol now, start now. Yeah, just <laughs> like do, a it, past do, it, four. do it like quarter past, get Jarrett and Grado out there before <sighs> Sam even gets in the building. Livid for you, mate. Just uh, livid for me. I'm fucking, I'm livid for myself as well. <laughs> How dare you, Tony? Still. How dare, no, it's amazing. Like, I, I uh, genuinely, I wasn't expecting the layout of the card. Uh, I felt it was quite bottom heavy a little bit, but obviously it kind of, it had its peaks and troughs throughout the night. Uh, night it was nicely balanced. Uh, and I just can't wait to see what's going to happen next time because I think mm. we're going to sell more tickets. Mm. Oh. I think for sure. Considering it's, it's going to be on IEV4 for free, I think tomorrow. So if you, uh, if you missed it, you didn't purchase it on pay-per-view, you have access to ITV uh, or ITV On Demand. I'd mm. imagine it'll be or ITVX. Well, this goes out is. on a Thursday, so it's on tonight. Yeah, so it's on tonight. Right, get it on. I think it was Watch like it. nine o'clock start, nine fifty-five start mm. or something. But it's going to go on to like well after one a.m. So get your sky, get your sky boxes set to record. Do you even need to fucking do that anymore? No. Does it just record everything? Every time I go back to my mum's house, it's like the, they have like a new TV, and then it's like oh, we got the new sky, we got <laughs> the, the new magical sky Q box, and I'm like right. I just don't like it feels alien having that controller now that it looks weird. It's like is they, have they got sky glass is it called? No, I, I they were going to get sky glass but they were going to go uh, they ended up getting a different TV but they they got sky Q which is like the new version of mm. sky digital uh for any of you 90s kids out there. Uh but essentially I I don't know it's just like the whole menu layout's changed. I miss the shit blue the shit blue with the gaudy mm. yellow, and then you go all the way along to the end, and you've got the blue channels, and you've got um, and Bumblebee. Uh, <laughs> Beehive Bedlam. Bedlam. Yeah. Play a bit of Beehive Bedlam. I've got it on my phone now. Have you? Yeah, it's really fun. Didn't realize it was a game. I haven't seen any celebrity I TV show hosts playing it between adverts. <laughs> How could I know it exists? <laughs> oh, I'm Amanda Holden playing Royal Quest. Fuck off. <laughs> I'd do that, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, like, she's probably making a nice bag out of it, right? Well, I bloody hope so for that sort of thing. Um, we should address the elephant in the room. I might have, I might have booked a segment at All In. <laughs> yeah, um, that's my job, Tom. <laughs> Look at us changing the rest of the world together. I wanted Bill Goldberg, but you just had to go and get Grado Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, does it? And I, and I and I wanted to talk to you about this because more yeah. than anybody else, because you booked Goldberg Roman Reigns yeah. for WrestleMania of the year. Of course, that was all me. It was all you, obviously. <laughs> does it not terrify you the power that we possibly wield? I honestly, I I just sort of laugh at the whole thing. I don't think we really hold much power. I mentally, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I think we I just might think do. that it's it's one of those things where you, in particular, you have the power of positivity on your side. Me, it was what's that little bit shit foam there? <laughs> Obviously, it's to protect his hand because the guy's fucking punching the stage. But I just did a little lull tweet, uh, and then it ended up snowballing, and then I felt like I had to hide. <laughs> I was like, no, what am I doing? Um, but like, I mean, Christ, you got shouted out on uh, on my world by Conrad and Jarrett. Like, I mean, they know who I am. They know who you are. That's terrifying. My my <laughs> voice is still not back to normal after Wembley. I can still feel like I've got to record some voiceover, and it's just kind of a bit oh, super hoarse. Same. But like, it, it's amazing that you know through your persistence, through your prodding, through your grassroots movement to get Jeff Jarrett and Grado on that card, it happened. The power of a village, mate. <laughs> it's the power of a village and the power of you at Cultaholic. Thank you so much for all your support. Wouldn't have happened without you. Yeah. My voice is still a bit sore for two reasons. One, because I think I screamed myself hoarse when Grado actually turned up. Yeah. And also, I think last night, right, 
I've had an issue with my tooth at the back of my throat. The back of my throat? At the back of my throat. Back, wow. Yeah, everybody wow. has throat teeth, I mean, right? I mean, yes, my famous throat <laughs> teeth that, that eat the food on the way down. So Tom exists <laughs> on a diet of rocks. <laughs> Tom is a goron. <laughs> I've really got to have those have heavy been called a gnashes down here. I haven't called a goopy gore on before. <laughs> um, it's uh, no because I had a, and, and I chipped it on some popcorn the other week, oh, so there was like a loose bit. Don't even get me fucking start popcorn. I love popcorn oh. with all my heart. I love popcorn with all my heart. I will eat it, but I'll never be able to eat it with the same vigor that I used to eat popcorn with after I just obliterated a tooth on a kernel. I think that's what I did too because yeah. I had a bit of the tooth that had chipped yeah. and I could move it around in my mouth. Oh. This is, this is where it gets worse. This morning, woke up. Fished it out. It's not even there. Oh, you've swallowed it. I think I swallowed You're it. You're going to have a very hurty poo at some point. I'm going to have a horrible poo at some point. <laughs> I think I've... It's, it seems as Are if I've sit swallowed there with it. like one of the gold pan things just so you can get your money from the tooth fairy? Prospecting! Is it like... Is it, you're gonna get, it's only half a tooth. Is it like 50 pence? Or, I don't know. It was different in everybody's house, wasn't it? The tooth fairy was really uh, classist. I feel <laughs> should have been given the, the, the kids from poorer backgrounds, you know, thousands uh, and free cars. But instead, they just got like a couple of quid and some sweets. I think it's, <laughs> there's a very classic tooth fairy. Yeah. But the question does beg, what am I going to get more for? A tiny chip of my tooth from the tooth fairy or Family Guy season three on DVD at CEX? <laughs> I don't know. You should sell them to fans and see what happens. If you want a tooth, by all means. <laughs> if you are a Tom out. Campbell fan out there. Hey, please have some of my teeth. I've got too many. Uh, let's go back to simpler days. Uh, 1996, uh, we are on, we're moving away from Hogwild. Thank yeah. God. Thank God. We're back inside, which I'm not a big fan of. I'm uh, not a fan you of You were this. complaining about I, Disney. I pretend, I'll complain about everything, Tom. Mm. You know this. Fair point well uh, made. But I, I, I just had to pretend all night that we were in an open-air stadium, uh, and it was just so cavernous you couldn't even see the sky. <laughs> and, and they felt so bad for Vince that they didn't even want to show it from above with all the fireworks. So that's all I pretended for this episode of Nitro. And I don't know, like I've told you before, I really like wrestling in weird settings. So like, yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know what it was, but I was sort of like, oh, we're back in an arena now. Pooey arena. <laughs> where you can control everything and have a great show. Fuck you. <laughs> I want people getting stuck on roller coasters and having to change the main event. That's what I want. <laughs> that's, well, that's the future I yeah. want, damn it. That's how I want to play this what if game. Ric Flair got actually stuck on Space Mountain? <laughs> like, Maybe that's why he wasn't there on Nitro the other week. Yeah. We hadn't thought of that. <laughs> I, I, never played, I never played 2K20 outside of maybe an hour, two hours, because it wasn't yeah. a very good game. But what I did like was in the wild, woolly story mode you had, you had mm. levels like the wet, the Wyatt compound. Yes. And I, I look, and I'm right. It's, and I feel the same way you do mm. but with video games. I want those wacky settings. Yeah. I mean, well, just, uh, we should probably mention as well. Like, I mean, it, it's it just this week getting the news about Bray has been oh, God, absolutely. Yeah. I was in a car, like on the South Yorkshire moors, like driving back, uh, from a gig. Uh, and I'm just sat in the back and I've got barely any signal. And I just got a text through off my mate going, Bray Wyatt's gone. And I was like, what? And immediately just trying to get connection. It was horrible. It's fucking horrible. Awful man. news. Like, just heart-destroying. 36. It's no age. It's no age at all, man. It's just think of all of the, the creativity and the, the, the force that we've lost with Bray Wyatt. Mm. And, and, and so much we could have done. And if you do want to relive some great Wyatt memories, right, mm. 
on the web on the YouTube channel right now. Uh, all proceeds going to the American Heart Association. We've got a list of the top ten Bray White moments. Yeah, we won't get any more, but let's celebrate ten of the best ones. Uh, and we can do all that together. That's on the YouTube channel for you right now. Uh, and yeah, our thoughts. And, and it, you know what? Last week was a rough week. It was it was Wyndham Rotunda. It was Terry Funk as well. Yeah. Just too great. It, I was already kind of reeling from the funk news. And then mm. it just didn't feel real. It just didn't feel real at all. And I think that's kind of why, to bring it back to where we started today, I think the, the time of the Wembley show was perfect. I think at that point, what yeah. you need is community. Yeah, it, it did feel... Um, you know, very, very together. That was a nice feeling about Wembley. Mm. Felt like a lot of good people together all at once. Yeah. As you are together now in 1996. With us. With How us. Lucky. How lucky. You lucky, you. lucky bastards. <laughs> Two people who remember 1996. <laughs> I was, and cry a bit. August the, <laughs> August the 12th is the day. I just want barbecue walkers back to <laughs> I don't know what to do with all these Tazos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> number one. They're useless now. Number one UK movie uh, in August 12th, 1996 was Independence Day. Still yep. loving that. Uh, the US movie charts, number one. I swore that was 98. Fuck me. Nah, mate, 96. Oh, Will Smith man. saved us all. I know it's been... It, it, I don't, we've mentioned it a few times over the last few weeks, and it's never quite clicked. It's like, it's still 1996, Sam. And it's like, fuck, like... <laughs> what a film, though. I watched... I wore that fucking tape out. We had a hooky tape from the, the Ice Cream Man. <laughs> our Ice Cream Man would sell hooky tapes. Yeah, uh, we had a hooky as tape, they all should. But it was a fully printed one with holograms on it and everything uh, but we we wore the fucker out it was like that and the mummy the only two and Power Rangers we destroyed that tape but it was like just over and over and over and over again loved Independence Day nice and you, did you eat an ice cream whilst you watched it <laughs> Uh, or was there no ice cream? Was the ice cream just subterfuge for getting yeah, Independence Day? Probably. I mean, I would have got an ice cream of some description. I imagine it would have been a 99 flake, but not one that costs £7.50. Have you seen that shit? Oh, man. It's disgusting. It's like, I'm all for, you know... I don't really want to say I'm all for predatory tourism trap finances, <laughs> I'm not. I just went and had to pay fucking eight quid a pint at Wembley. Bollocks. Oh, mate, but, yeah. uh I just thought it was kind of cheeky. It was funny that it was kind of like, oh, yeah, we'll get the American tourists in. It's a 99. There you go. <laughs> £7.50. But it, it's hey, disgusting. It's cheaper than I expected. It's, it's disgusting. <laughs> go to Tesco. They do knock-off Cornettos. Pack of four for £1.50. What's your favourite, like, uh, having the draw? Is it Cornettos? Oh. Because we always used to have chalk ices because, I mean, we were, we were poor. <laughs> there's something like uh, there's something really like I don't know nostalgic for me about chalk ice mm. as shit as they are and usually it's terrible grade ice cream with the thinnest smattering of chocolate it's barely a layer <laughs> a vague memory it's of like, chocolate yeah it's like the smell of chocolate with some of the appearance like but you, you all you get is that horrible bland vanilla slice oh. just just quickly dipped no I've been I've been <laughs> all thinnest. in I've been hang on that's enough for you it's like you, I, I swear I got a penguin has thicker a layer of chocolate than a chalk ice does. And a penguin's mostly biscuit. Like it's <laughs> The biscuits increased over the years. Yeah. Horrifying. Um, I like the Cornetto, the, the, the knockoff Cornettos. Yeah. I like them. I, I, some, I sometimes you... bite the, the bottom of the cone. And suck it through the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Alex thinks to, I'm weird. used to do that with uh, with flakes, like so with like 99s and, mm. and the, the double cones and shit. Uh, just bite off the bottom and then you'd suck the ice cream through it. And you, yeah, your family would be looking at you like, what are you doing? And then it would start melting all over you and you're just like, yeah. <laughs> and it's summer, so bees start, you know, circling you, <laughs> eyeing you up, going, I'm going to fucking destroy you, kid. 
Uh, and then, you know, you stop doing it because you get sick of getting covered in bees. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happens. What was the most underrated, just real quick before we move on, That's what was okay. the most underrated ice cream van lolly? Because uh, everybody loves, you know, the cider lollies. Everybody loves lager and lime. Funny feet. at least feet. they did back in the day. Oh, funny feet. I never had funny feet. Funny feet were great. I, I was a big fan of five ice. Ooh. It was like a big spiral. Like, it was like a... Um, like how the fucking the round trees fruit pastel lollies are mm. but it was like huge and it was like a spiral uh, and it was like a quid but it was like triple the size of any other lolly and it was just the fruitiest most like delicious it, I don't know the flavours were just intense as fuck Ooh, whoever nice. made five ice pat on the back nice I don't know the, I don't think I've seen a five ice in oh, man. at least a decade I do, they better still be a thing. We went on a family holiday and they had an ice cream, uh, an ice cream stall where we were staying, and they did an ice, they did an ice lolly called a boomy, a boomy, which was a bit like a traffic light, right? Um, but then the the running gag in our family was we go, and, we none of us spoke French, just, so he, boomy, and the, <laughs> when they and they would run out on the regular, so the guy would go boomy finish, yeah, finish. So a, run, a running joke in our family, it's a crap running joke, but it's a joke. <laughs> boomy finish. Like, I, just, what was the fucking the the other French one that was really popular over here? It's like a sandwich bar. It was sort of more like one of the WWE bars. Oh, uh, it was kind of like it had chocolate on one side, wafer only on the other but the wafer ran through it and had ice cream in the middle and he began with an M Ooh. but that that was a Maverick. bad boy. that was that was an absolute bad boy no it was like a French word it was, some, it was some exotic word that probably just translated to vanilla ice cream in a box <laughs> classic at coltolly.com <laughs> if you know Maxi Bond that was it Maxi Bond yes. don't email us <laughs> you keep your fucking grubby mitts you off that keyboard right now fucking stop typing <laughs> throw your laptop in the bin <laughs> Out the window. Out the window. If you email us, if your fingers start twitching, you should be ashamed of yourself. If you fucking email us the word Maxibon, the inbox is just going to be full of Maxibon. I will find your IP address and I will fucking come to your house. They're going to get VPNs now, Tom. You've revealed our tracking system. Well, it's a good job this podcast is sponsored by NordVPN. That's not. But (laughs) I wish. If it was, that'd have been a great point to go. Oh, I'll tell you what's great. Changing my country. Um, <laughs> the US movie number one this week is Jack starring Robin Williams. Oh, that's a banging film. Lovely film. I love Jack. It's a, uh, I don't know, it, it's sort of, it's it's about the kid who grows up. He has a disorder where he, he ages very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's like, it's, I don't know, it's one of those like proper heartstring pulley, really nice films in it. It might not be like the best made film, but it's nice. It's a nice film. Yeah. Uh, Wanna Be by the Spice Girls, number one in the UK charts still, as is Boring. Los Del Rio's Macarena in the well, US charts. I mean, you, you, we can't argue with Macarena. We, you can. You can't. <laughs> they, they, very, they very bluntly tell you the dance moves and that it's happening. <laughs> and they all cheer for it. They all go, hey, Macarena. So they're all happy. But you can, you can, you can always be uh, against the grain by just turning to the left instead of the right. When I don't know how it. that would go down. I think that's like five years in prison. I, I do believe there was a sentence for it. They will find you. Like five years in a Spanish prison. They will just come <laughs> to England. <laughs> you, you went left. And they just grab you. And Secret it away in the night. <laughs> grab- five years later, you wash up on the shore at Dover. Like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> oh, they're playing the Macarena. You can't stop doing the Macarena. <laughs> it's like proper PTSD yeah. when you hear it. <laughs> Staring off into the middle distance. <laughs> the platoon music starts coming in. 
<laughs> hey, get this, right? Away from the Macarena, yeah. the day after night, this Nitro, Microsoft launches Internet Explorer 3.0. Man, uh, some great times. Some great times. I've just had a... Um, <laughs> I've just had a, a batch of Windows 98 stickers, Japanese Windows 98 stickers. Don't ask. I ordered them while, while drunk. Uh, <laughs> delivered to the house. I didn't realize there was like 10 in each pack, but they're like pretty beefy, massive <laughs> stickers. So I'm just going to go around town just slapping them. So if you see Windows 98 in Japanese everywhere in Newcastle, that's me. But it wasn't. Don't tell the police. Shut up. I'm excited for the BuzzFeed article about that. <laughs> Someone's sticking Japanese Windows logos all over Newcastle. What could it mean? That is about the level. It's weird how far BuzzFeed's just kind of went into to the sea mm. <laughs> <laughs> although I kind of it, it, it did get my back up when it was like during the pandemic and it's like hi I'm here from BuzzFeed News and it's like this is the BBC <laughs> let the real people talk about it <laughs> who's next Uncle Gary and his blog about how 5G's actually made a sheep he's going to ask is he and Whitty's just stood there like <laughs> That's sadly what happens <laughs> throughout most of it. I have such a guilt complex when it comes to Microsoft browsers. Really? Mm-hmm. Is it because they beg you not to kill them before you kill yeah. them? And yeah. And also, anytime I click like a link in my email, mm-hmm. it'll load automatically in Microsoft Edge. You can change that. I have since, but yeah. boy, did it try and talk me out of it. Yeah, and I, I mean, felt I mean, really Edge, bad. Edge is an all right browser, you know. Mm. I'm, I feel dirty saying it, but now they've rebranded it as Edge and they have made some improvements. It is an all right browser, uh, but I, I kind of, I'm, I'm one of those weirdos that's on like Chromium builds of shit. So it's just like I don't want to have to select, select yes or no. I just <laughs> want you to fucking deal with it. I want to browse the internet like I used to without having to fucking click eleven thousand things and disable ad blocker and ah, yeah, just. just <laughs> I just want the internet like it used to be. Why is it just a fucking marketplace? That's all it is now. Because everyone's got to sell stuff. But it's, it's all just a market. It's all just a market. I miss just going on like websites and learning about stuff. That when you're a kid, you're just like, oh, wow, there's a whole website here about cars. And you just sit. And every time you went on the internet, it was like a voyage. It was like getting into a little bathtub and jumping into the, the English channel. And wherever you ended up, you ended up. But it was always just something weird. And then there'd just be, I mean, so much floppyware, like on floppy disks and shit, like educational games and all sorts of that nonsense. But I miss the days of like Acorn computers in schools. Oh. I miss that. But everything is a marketplace now. It is, yeah. So I'm going to start my own kingdom. Um, <laughs> we're going to need to try and buy a street, but we're just going to pretend it's perpetually 1997. Right. It's fine. The world's all right. You know, nothing, nothing too mental's happening on a global scale. It's, you know, Mr. Frosty's still cool. We so, all dress that way. So what happens when you leave that street? Well, then you, you're not allowed back. Okay, so you and, have to stay in that street. Will, yeah, you stay in the street. Otherwise, we'll get to your family. Right. So that became sinister dead quick. Well, you've got to kind of control <laughs> it, Tom. You've got to control it. <laughs> you kind of turned... Uh, I mean, without speaking too much out of turn, you kind of turn this lovely idea about living in a halcyon day into living in North Korea. And, well, and, so and, much... you, and you did it in like two steps. <laughs> it's not so much living in North Korea. It's more like joining a, um, a collective. Let's use that word. <laughs> let's not, not use it. Yeah, let's use collective. <laughs> it's like joining a collective. Like when you join an arts commune, there's another C word you can use to describe it that isn't the other one. Uh, and, and essentially, 
I guess as leader, ooh, <laughs> well, uh, I get you know I get friends. I get to do whatever and go see all the new movies, but I'll just tell you a lot about it. Yeah. When I get back though, that jigsaw better be back in its box so I can have a go. <laughs> right, I don't want it but spoiled. What if you see a movie that is really good and kind of suggests that what you're doing is bad? Will you still go back and tell them, hey, this is what they said, or will you? Uh, uh, well, will you, you not... get them a video editor. I'll get a copy of it and right. I'll go right. You want to sneak out? Here's what they think about you. Ah, and good I'll just idea. I'll just take like a, an action film like Avatar. And I'll say, look how crazy the world is outside That's of this street. That's a great street. idea. Uh, and then I just dub in lines whenever it's the bad guy going, mm. we're going for those 90s people in that street next. And they'll just think that it's them, right? So I, I, I think we can sort of, I don't want to use the word control, but we can mm. control it. We can you know? love the collective. We can love the collective. Give your possessions and all mm. of your money to the collective. Join me in 1997. You are free for us to suggest what you have to do. Yeah, you can choose what wallpaper you've got or if you want Artex. Out That's of about the, it. Out of these three? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe two. Maybe two. Maybe, yeah. actually, you know what? Just the Everybody one. has the curtain haircut. Yeah. A couple of people have the mushroom bowl. But that's fine, because we like the curtain haircut. Yeah. And we like the mushroom bowl. That's what we want, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. fine. If you didn't like it, speak up. <laughs> we just turned this into a fucking dystopian nightmare. You can I speak up. You can, uh, yeah, by you can all speak means. Up. You can speak up, and then you can go in the chokey. From Matilda. We, it's not called the Chokey. It is called the Consideration Room. Yeah, the the Reflection Room. The Reflection. Yeah, the Reflection, reflection Lounge. Oh, yeah. The reflect, head in the Reflection. Maybe you know there's different stages of rooms, depending yeah. on the, the level of relaxation you need. I think so. I think, yeah. you know, from, from, from some polite nice, to severe. There'll be some nice armed guards to keep you safe. Friends with weaponry. Yeah, you know, they're, they're looking out for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what they're doing. They're just in case any of the bad people want to come in. And, you know, should you have any ideas that really go against our polite vision, then we'll sort that. If, if you can't tell, I've been I've been listening and reading a lot about cults recently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I, I went down the rabbit hole and listened to a, a very British cult, which is about a thing called Lighthouse International. Oh, I heard that on BBC Sounds. Yeah, on it's BBC brilliant, Sounds. Brilliant, isn't it? So I, that, that kind of put me back down a rabbit hole. Uh, we're going to talk about one later because Hulk Hogan brings something up. Oh, he's fucking out of the blue. Uh, but like, uh, yeah, I've just sort of went down this rabbit hole. I've, I've already got a big, deep fascination with things like North Korea anyway. So it's kind of just like learning about different cults and the way they operate. It's fascinating. Yeah. So, so come and join me in 90th Street. <laughs> no, you must. Yeah. Every Christmas, mm. it goes, well, every New Year, it goes back to the start of 1997. Yeah. I don't know how long they'll be able to stick at watching the same episodes of Corrie. We might have to make our own. Mm. But, you know, we can deal with that. That's fine. We'll just re we'll restart them. Yeah. Wipe everyone's brains. Well, we need to find a way to do that. I don't know if we can do that in a relaxation room, but I think it's a, it's a it's the ultra level of the relaxation room where right. we give you the relaxation hat. Oh, the relaxation hat, and it puts all your worries to rest <laughs> <laughs> with oh. a thousand volts of electricity. A warm warmth, warmth. The warmth that only electricity can bring. The warmth of polite love in we've electricity. For <laughs> we've started a cult. What have we done? Well, not unlike uh, Lighthouse, uh, we are going to ask you to sit here for the next couple of hours and listen very carefully and send us some money. Um, <laughs> but then, and if anyone tries to leave, have a word with them and tell them to come back. Yeah, we'll make a documentary yeah, about you. And we'll, yeah, if you try and leave, we'll say how shit you are. And then when the court goes, hey, can uh, you give us all this information? We can't, data protection. Yeah. And they go, we're a court. And then you go, court on fire and all the data protection. <laughs> 
We had, you know what? I mean, I mean, the thing is, right? What the, what you don't know about John Eiley is like he's a really terrible person, <laughs> and he forever, you know, he had ideas that uh, were against our cause. Yeah. And, we try to politely in the relaxation room yeah. uh, convince him otherwise, but there's something wrong with him. And I think everyone should be basically trying to chop his legs off when they he see keeps, him. He keeps insisting about this software called Photoshop, which yeah. I've never heard of. No. MS Paint. That's what we're using. We only use MS Paint. Yeah. You know, I'm not suggesting if you see John Eiley in the street to, to, to bring him in. Um, or to just shame him and shout or, back to the 90s yep. over and over again. Shout, I mean, do shout back to the 90s at John Eiley. Should you see him? <laughs> Um, <laughs> we miss you, John. We love you, John. The family misses you. <laughs> Come home, John. Come home. <laughs> Come back, John. Uh, from the Observer this week, um, that all came from talking about Internet Explorer. <laughs> fuck a doodle do. Oh, fuck me. This is going to be it's a gonna good one. It's going to be one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, from the Observer this week. Um, now, not loads going on. We talked about quite a bit heading into Hog Wild. Yep. Uh, uh, the AWF, owned by Paul Alperstein, is expected to restart in the next month. So this is the company uh, that was started sort of by, by Paul Alperstein around the New York and L.A. area, uh, featuring wrestlers such as Tito Santana, Sergeant Slaughter, Road Warriors, Buddy Rose, Coco Beware. Uh, and I believe this is the AWF, which uh, Wrestling with Regret have done a wonderful documentary on. Yeah. Uh, where they are very much obsessed with the round system and they like the, the new rules of right. classic it's wrestling. It's not what I was thinking. I was thinking it was the, um, You're thinking the promotion from... From uh, Beyond the Mat. No. I thought that was the AWF, but no. I this, think it's this two AWFs. Mm. Like, round system in wrestling, I've never understood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like having, you know, yellow card, red card systems in wrestling. I've never understood. I get that it kind of crosses over into other sports, um, but I, it's, it's fascinating watching a company try to do it. Because mm. it can work. There have been instances where it's worked very well. I mean, look at British wrestling for the longest oh, time. Yeah. The system. But even then, like watching that stuff in the 90s, I was used to like walk and brawl stuff by that point. And my, my, you know, my grandma and granddad are like, oh, there's big daddies on. <laughs> he's watching this match. And then they all just, you know, get out of the headlock, sit down, have an hatter, and then back to it. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, this isn't wrestling. It's and they're wrestling. looking at me going like, what you watch isn't wrestling, son. And I'm like... Right. <laughs> How dare you? Now, uh, we said in the we said maybe two or three episodes ago that Randy Savage and Hawk had a bit of a run in in Japan, uh, a little bit of a to do while they're on tour. No. Mm. Now, Randy Savage's music was playing for his match uh, with Jushin Liger. He never came out for his match. Uh, after everyone waiting for ages, the ring announcer nervously called for an intermission. They found Savage on the floor backstage. As best anyone knew, Hawk's current girlfriend, who was a friend of Hulk Hogan and his wife Linda, Linda. Uh, uh, had uh, also knew Savage, and Savage must have said something, and Hawk popped him. That isn't exactly the first time that Hawk has popped someone in Japan. So basically, Hawk's been back there with his partner, and Savage has said something to her, and Hawk's gone, what did you say? And knocked Savage out. Fuck you, did. Yeah. <laughs> As according to the Observer, uh, tensions always run a bit high whenever WCW tends to go to the East. Tensions just seem to be high full stop. <laughs> there is that as well. Uh, only one other little bit. I said to Quiet Week this week, uh, the Wrestling Observer saying that the son of Stan Stasiak, Sean, is a rookie wrestling in the Oregon area and is said to have a lot of potential. I wonder if we're going to encounter Sean Stasiak at some point soon. Yes, in yeah, about yeah, four years. 
Uh, well, <laughs> he's he's a bit earlier in WCW, isn't he? 2000, I think he was pops. 2000, up. was it that late? Because Jesus. he went, he goes to the WWF first. Yeah, because he's meat, right? As meat and Sean Stasiak. He does, a, yeah. he does, he does meat first. Then he's Sean Stasiak. Then he vanishes, and then WCW bring him in as Sean the Star Stasiak. Uh, as part of the National Born Thrillers. Sorry, it's, Sean Star Stasiak comes after Sean Stasiak in the National Born Thrillers. His dad was the first proper transitional champion in WWWF mm-hmm. championship lineage. So in the, the current WWE championship lineage, Stan Stasiak's the first transitional champ. Uh, and he apparently was told about it when he rocked up. Uh, and it was like, well, holy shit, like, I'm going to yeah. be champ. Uh, and it was champ for like eight days or something. But like the picture of him holding the belt, you can see he's beaming inside. He's yeah. just blessing. Nothing takes that away from you. And he's like career heel. But like, <laughs> he's just like, yeah. And the match with the heart punch. Yeah. Which was the finish where they put their arm behind the back and just pop him in the heart. Bang! <laughs> Very simple. <laughs> Uber effective. Uh, always looks weird when modern wrestlers try and do it. I don't yeah. think it's one that transitions well anymore. I think it's back in the day when you could like, I don't know, when 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 there was less uh, exposure to the the other side of the business and the thought that well he could kill him, yes. that should be an illegal maneuver, and it was taken a lot more seriously. Yes, exactly, exactly that. So off we go to Monday Nitro for August the twelfth, nineteen ninety six. It is the Nitro after Hog Wild, and we are live and overmodulated in Casper, Wyoming. <laughs> but most importantly, Tom, here's a load of bump and a load of repeating of what you've seen, and also whose side is Nick Patrick on? Well, that is a question. What the fuck is Nick Patrick doing? Who does he think he is? Well, the the Nick Nick Patrick takes center stage Mm. in our story tonight. But I want to address a comment made by Larry Zabisco in the early moments of this show. All right. In which which Tony Schiavone announces that we're live from Casper, Wyoming. And Larry goes, here we are in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Like, unnecessarily harsh to Casper, Wyoming. I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny, but I felt bad. It's the type of thing I'd 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 expect to hear from somebody like Eden. (laughs) So I I was like, I love that. It reminds me of uh, many years ago when Matthew, Greg, and I were both booked to be announcers for an independent wrestling show in Northumberland somewhere. Right. Uh, maybe towards Blythe. And they booked us both. And we went, who do you want? And they went, oh, I, just, I mean, Math, if you want to start it, and then Tom can do half. Uh, you can do half. You know, and then Math said, I'll tell you what, I'll start the event, and then Tom can do the rest. I went, works for me. <laughs> and Math, so Math went in to do his first ever bit of ring announcing. Yeah. And he went, hello, welcome to wherever the hell we are. <laughs> <laughs> There's oh, no video evidence of this, I'm but it from happened. a small Northumberland town. I know how that would have went over. <laughs> it was just beautiful. <laughs> but I felt bad remembering that moment. I felt bad for Casper, Wyoming. So I did a bit of research. They had a friendly ghost named after him. They certainly did. They also had a football team, briefly, called the Casper Ghosts. Nice. I like that. Uh, they also had a baseball team called the Casper Horseheads. Nice. That finished up in 2022. Just the heads. Just the heads. Find them in the bed and you know that you're doomed. The mob one. <laughs> Casper, Wyoming, the hub of the New York mob. <laughs> as we all know. They had an amateur rugby club as well called the Casper Cannibals. See, I, I, I fucking I want rugby to be a bigger deal in the States. Mm. I don't get why it isn't. It's, it's, it's superior to NFL. I don't give a fuck. It just is. <laughs> when you're out there just battering each other without any pads. Yes. <laughs> That's that's a real fucking sport. <laughs> Back to baseball, they had a collegiate summer team called the Casper Spuds. 
So it's all like <laughs> ghosts, horse heads. So it's like ghosts, mafia sounding thing, uh, cannibals, and then spuds. Also, <laughs> they also had a junior I'm hockey team. Wyoming's a, a farming state. It maybe. is a little yeah. bit. But because they also had a hockey team that played out of the Casper Ice Arena, uh, initially called the Casper Coyotes. The Casper Agriculture Team. And then named the Casper Tractors. No, uh, <laughs> then named the Casper Bobcats. <laughs> They folded in 2020. Aww. I know. Uh, the city was established on the east side of the former site of Fort Casper, built during the mid-19th century. Um, during the mid-19th century, mass migration of land seekers across the California, Mormon, and Oregon Trail. Lovely stuff. Uh, famous people from Casper include uh, professional baseball player from the L.A. Dodgers, Mike Devereux. Nice. Also got a ring, a professional uh, World Series ring with the Atlanta Braves. And the Cheney family are from there as oh, well. Oh, the old Cheney Dick boys. Dick Cheney and all. Mister, I accidentally shot my son-in-law in the face That's with the a shotgun one. on a hunting trip. Yes. Happens to us Mr. all. Mr. Halliburton. Mr. <laughs> hey, George, go to war. Mr. I own all of the factories that are going to make all the equipment. He made so much money on the war in Iraq, it's not even funny. And you see him in all the fucking press just giggling away to himself. But it's like, <laughs> he's that real life Mr. Burns. Of course he is. Excellent. It's, it's just, uh, yeah. Dick Cheney shot his son-in-law in the face and Laura Bush ran somebody over. <laughs> it's quite the... Politics. Quite the, uh, quite the political team, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> And find out more about that in Sam's Politics Podcast coming soon to BBC Sounds. It's largely just going to be me telling you what to join me in the cold again. <laughs> just spoilers. <laughs> if you're into that, then we're gravy. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's like the history channel mixed with hypnotoads. <laughs> we're welcome to a very dark day in WCW history, being reminded of Hulk Hogan's desecrating of the world title. And we look back on, as you say, the, the actions of Nick Patrick, potentially, during that tag match with the Outsiders and so, staying in leg Luger. Yeah, if you missed the watch-along, basically, at the end of the match, Nick Patrick, it looks like he's bumped. Like, so he kind of, it looks like somebody bumps into him and then he falls forward and then he just happens to shoulder block. Is it Luger? Luger. Yeah, he just happens to shoulder block Luger's leg and then leg Luger falls over <laughs> and that allows for the, the very quick pin as well from Nick Patrick. It's like a very, very quick pin. He's dazed and he's confused, so people aren't quite sure if it's just a, a really weird accident and it just happened to happen or whether he might be on the take. Mm, now, um, obviously, they want you to buy the replay. So instead of showing video footage of this, you we're get getting stills. Stills, uh, I believe, displayed through a Philips CDI. The true the true <laughs> origin of the YouTube video style for any wrestling channel that isn't going to get absolutely pimp slapped for using footage. That is true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that is very, very true. Uh, here's some stills. If you want to watch it, get the network. <laughs> I like whenever we do live reactions, there's always this one person going, Where's the footage? Why you showing it it's like fuck me do you think I w if i could show it i'd be showing it all like i i miss <laughs> i miss the wild west back at the old place when when i was first starting and it was just like yeah use footage do whatever the fuck you want and it was like great fucking amazing and then they just took down 12 videos over the course of like two hours one day and i was like i'm getting fired i'm getting so fired uh, and then it was like no we're just gonna have to use stills and that was from that point on but goddamn, goddamn! <laughs> if we could use footage, we'd be using it. We'd be using it. We certainly would. I know there are other channels that are using it. I've got no fucking idea how they're getting away with it. I don't know how OSW Review but does it. 
I, I, I think, you know, some people must, uh, must just be on better terms. I don't know. But like for, for us, yeah, we've got to stick with stills. Mm, I think maybe when you're doing it, maybe not as your main hustle, there's probably less financial pressure yeah, to play the game. OSW's really, uh, the, the deep dive level they go to, I think that technically it kind of, it might fall. I don't know. Mm. I'm not a clue, to be honest. Well, they were they were at London. They yeah. were, we, should, we should have asked them, really. We saw them. <laughs> boys, 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 boys. Uh, opening match tonight. This is weird. So high voltage are teaming with Rough and Ready. They are How baby facing heels with Rob and Maggie. Like they can't. They're bad. Like high voltage come out slapping hands. Yeah. Rough and Ready like stop slapping hands. Stop slapping hands. Get, get in the ring. Feet. Get the fucking ring. They're fighting the Taskmaster, Hugh Morris, Meng and the Barbarian, the Dungeon of Doom. Meng, Barb, Sully, and Bully. Now, oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Now, Kevin Sullivan is in street clothes. It's like he forgot his It's a very disquiet and visual, isn't it? He's just in there in what would, like, I don't know, it's like a white shirt with what looks like a radical alternative rock pattern on it, and just a pair of ill-fitting boot-cut jeans and, like, brown shoes. And it's like... You're the fucking taskmaster. Like everybody <laughs> yeah. else is in full gimmick. It's just I don't stand. You got fucking. You've got Bubba on the outside who could in gimmick who could have just filled in. Yeah. You wouldn't have had to put Sullivan out there. I don't know. Weird choice. It just looked like he'd forgot his PE kit. Yeah. And was just resting in whenever he came in. <laughs> uh, big brother, big Bubba was on the outside. He threw his drink. At Kenny Chaos and High Voltage ended up being uh, attacked by Hugh Morris to get things started. But don't worry, they'll overtake him very quickly. Yeah. This match is a hot fucking mess. It ends after less than six minutes when Meng Savak kicks Kenny Chaos. Was it six minutes? It genuinely felt like two. I know. It, it, it was literally just sort of, oh, Dungeon went, and then there's a little bit of a spat afterwards between High Voltage and Rough and Ready, but, I mean, it's not even like a fight. They just kind of slap them around and then walk out. It may have been two bells about. <laughs> I might have been counting the long entrances as well. Curtain to curtain times. That's yeah. what you want. As That's how you want to be getting paid. I look, Yeah, curtain to get curtain. Paid curtain to curtain, you're laughing. Post-match, Rough and Ready beat up Kenny Chaos, and also Robbie Rage a little bit more, and Kenny Chaos jumps in to make the safe. We're getting a Rough and Ready high voltage program. Hooray! That's just what the doctor <laughs> <laughs> Hang on! <laughs> to no fanfare, here comes Stang and Leg to the commentary table. They just run down. Yeah. There's, there's no music, there's no, they're like fucking angry. Mm. They're really fucking angry. Uh, Lex, Lex says he's sick and tired of sleepless nights. <laughs> I presume like he's just weighing on him. You know, he's like, what if, what if the NWO take over and then I don't, I'm not a top guy anymore? You know, what, what if I've got to go back to Vince? What if Vince wants to start the WBF up again? What if... And it just sort of becomes this trail of what-ifs. And he, eventually he calms his mind and he shuts his eyes and then through the wall he can hear Hogan and Nash fucking... <laughs> Either that or his next-door neighbour just blasting out some NWO shit. <laughs> just... <laughs> oh, man! Another sleepless night for me! He says out loud... <laughs> Uh, Sting says he also doesn't want to sleep this night, which makes me think they've got beds next to each other, like in Step Brothers. Like in Bert and Ernie. <laughs> yeah! Yeah, they're just... Ah! They've, got, they've, got, they've got their insignia at the top of each bed, and they go, like, every time they're, they're both in their pyjamas, they say goodnight to each other, they read, and then they go to sleep. Oh, gee, Lex. Just one by one, turning off their little lamps. <laughs> Can you sleep, Lex? No, I can't, Sting. So then they get up and they make a cake, but it's a disaster. <laughs> oh. it's, 
Lex keeps opening the oven. The cake sinks, stings just like I fucking told. Just look, there's a window, you idiot. Just look through the fucking window. I, I don't understand. I put in one tub of baking powder. It said one teaspoon. Oh, no. That's where I went wrong. And then Jim Duggar wrote pizza pops his head around and adds a spicy pizza and then leaves. <laughs> Didn't even bring him a pizza. <laughs> I just, just in the... shock. Just like that's <laughs> a spicy pizza. <laughs> they don't want any more sleepless nights ruining cakes. They want to clear up any controversy about their match from Hogwild here and now. This is basically a challenge to the NWO. Zabisco says, "Where were they when we needed them at Hogwild? Like, they were fighting the outsiders. You funny." <laughs> <laughs> It, it feels very much like a, a, a Renaissance British challenge. It's, it's very much like, come on, Hall and Nash, you big girls' blouses, fisticuffs. Are you not men? You have no honor. They're just screaming into nothing. <laughs> the they're obviously not going to get slaps any. Slaps them with a glove. They're not going to get any response. Uh, and obviously, they have to then awkwardly shuffle out after making a big scene. <laughs> it's, it's just like really it. weird. It's so it's kind of, shit. They're kind of be like, Ugh. so they get in the ring and they go, "Come on, let's fight!" They cut to the ramp. We don't see Hall and Nash, but we do see just the side of the head of Wildcat <laughs> Willie. Yeah, Willie the WCW mascot. <laughs> Willie was out in force tonight. You see him about three, four I have, times. I have a theory about Wildcat Willie, which we're going to get to tonight. Is he the fourth man? Well, we'll Ooh. see. So he just, we just see his little head. And eventually after they're going, come on, come fight us. They go, all, all right. right. And then they leave. <laughs> and then so it's not going to spoil anything, but literally like uh, we see a, a recap, next match starts. And then for the next, like the opening three minutes or something of the next match, all they talk, they just don't even commentate the match. They're just talking about it. And then it's like, oh, well, we've heard that the NWO are going to respond at some point tonight. <laughs> and then it's just... Right, back to calling the action. <laughs> Before we get to the next match, we have Glacier. And I put here, and a friend. And a friend. Because we I just heard the... And I, I zoned out. Oh, you see, at the start, we very briefly see what is either right. a second guy wearing armor mm. or Glacier in his walkout attire. Or is it Glacier's stunt double? Or it could be Glacier stand up. Would definitely look like a different person, but I feel like it might have just been Glacier in his entrance attire. Maybe. Maybe. We'll um, uh, Kung Fu kicking in the Ice Castle. It doesn't even say Glacier coming soon anymore. It just says Glacier. <laughs> he's back to he's back to the holding pattern above the airport. He's missed the <laughs> runway. He's got to go all the way back round again. Still no news as to when he is arriving. Uh, it's 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 such a long tease that it it's almost like. It really needs to pay off at this point because yeah. it, it's been so long. We've been, what, like four months or something so far? Maybe longer. It's been rubbish. Just waiting, <laughs> and it's the same track every time. The blood runs cold. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Back to the in ring action, and it's the Renegade walking to the ring. Already in the ring is the, uh, is the Lord of the Ring champion. Yes. Diamond Dallas Page. What a jobber. Doesn't even get an entrance. Ugh. No entrance. he's never going to do anything of note in the industry. I don't think he'll do anything. Nah. At this point, we mentioned last week <laughs> uh, that DDP's put in a pitch to become the Stevie Richards-esque lackey to Ric Flair. Which could work nicely. I think it could work quite yeah. nicely. I think there's something in it, but obviously we don't see it. Um, early on, Renegade gets some polite reaction for overpowering DDP. Well, Renegade's like a wall in the start of this one. It's quite mm. interesting. DDP can kind of get up on his feet and keep attacking him, but he just can't get him down. And they, he just keeps like bouncing off him. He's, very, he's still got that sort of, because Renegade was the guy they brought in to be their version of the their ultimate warrior. warrior. Yeah, All that's been stripped away, but there's still little hints of it. In I really his wish movement. they just they just put some effort into giving him a whole new thing because mm. it feels like you're already starting him off on such a back foot that to have him now just out there in warrior esque trunks only without any of the tassels or the entrance jacket or anything it just feels a bit shit now yeah. and it, it's like if you just took him off TV for a month came up with something new put him in a tag team with somebody else and renamed him most people probably would be like. Is that a new guy? Or if they find it as Renegade, be like, oh, he's doing something new. Yeah, that's basically, yeah. But they, they've they've kind of gone halfway. Yeah. It's a halfway house. As commentators contemplate the outsiders entering Stinger Legs Challenge, Renegade renegades up with some clotheslines. He whacks the gum out of DDP's mouth in the process. And Tony Shivani talks about how in one clothesline, DDP lands on his gum. I kind of wish that they'd leaned into that and had DDP unable to get back up because <laughs> he was stuck to the gum. <laughs> That was on the cat. I could only imagine how hard Jim Cornette's head would explode at that in the 90s. <laughs> like, it'd be funny to see it happen. End of this match, though, does come when Renegade goes for a suplex and Paige lands the diamond cutter out of nowhere and gets the three count. This move, they're putting over like Rover. Yeah, diamond cutter's getting a lot of love. Um, but I, I think it was it was an all right showing. Uh, DDP's obviously just climbing the ranks still. And it, it's kind of uh, just giving more reason, I guess, to get behind DDP as a talent. But it's a bit of a shame for Renegade. But at mm. the same time, he's not at a point here with WCW where they're really doing much with him. So no, we've had him awkwardly thrown into... Was he thrown into that weird, sexy beach they advert? Did, they did the sexy boy team. And it was like, yeah, there's there's a sexy boy team coming with Alex Wright and all these people. And then nothing's materialized. There's only been a few weeks. It's like so a weird. Like, yeah. And it was that was the same one where they, they faced the Dungeon of Doom and yeah. they had the leprechaun. Yeah. No mention the leprechaun ever again. No. They just burn through ideas. 
They just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. The leprechaun would have stuck around if it wasn't Dwayne Bruce, though. The old Sarge. Hmm. Well, he keeps coming back, doesn't he, Dwayne Bruce? He does keep coming back, but it feels like they get, they kind of use him like a character player. Yeah. It's almost like a Steve Lombardi type kind of just various roles, various hats to put on, but will always give his best, I guess. Very, yeah, maybe. Maybe they had other ideas from, I guess we'll see as time goes on. I wasn't against the, the sexy boy team that they did. They're like, no, I thought it was a good idea because it was, it was new talent. They're all kind of mm. a bit bland. They're all a bit blue chipper, like especially Alex Wright, like as amazing as he is in ring, he's, he's very kind of, I'm young and I'm positive and I wear bright colors and I come out to good music. Uh, and it's sort of like, right? But when you can back it up in the ring, it's like, we can start adding things to it. And it's like, no, he's just a sexy German guy. <laughs> sexy German guy. <laughs> Promise. Right. We get backstage to the NWO locker room. Fuck me. Right. This fucking segment. I know that we all look back on like the NWO invasion story with, with such rose-tinted glasses. Yeah, it's like looking back on the Attitude Era, right? When you actually go back to sit and sit through it on the network, it's like, fuck me, there is so much shit in between the good moments, and your brain just tunes all that out. You don't remember it. They're, all brains have tuned this bit out. Scott Hall is wearing a very rare WCW Red Cross T-shirt yes. so with a Red Cross to the WCW logo, which I've never seen. Uh, they, they're in their gear, say Hall and Nash, they're ready to go, and they have the NWO World Championship now. Uh, Hogan, Nash, and Hall put over Nick Patrick as a fine referee. They also say that you're on NWO time now, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Hogan says that they had a bit of an argument before because Hogan said he wasn't sure whether Nash and Hall should fight Lex Luger and Sting. Yeah. Uh, Hogan's like, well, hang on, first they didn't want us at all, and now they can't stop calling us. Uh, they even hint that uh, the fourth guy is in the room with them. Well, they tease bringing him on screen, and Hogan's like, "No, no, mm. no, no, no." So yeah. they kind of they down they 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 kind of tease it, and then and then just push it off the table. Hogan then bangs on about wanting to redesign the world title, maybe melt it down for a new one. He's got a mate in Tampa that can do it. It's called Bubba. <laughs> Nash borrows Hogan's line and says, "What you gonna do when Hulkamania, the Outsiders, and the New World Order run wild on you?" Then Hogan goes, "Actually, I'd have used a better line," and then just fucking witters on. <laughs> About whether or not Hogan and whether or not Hall and Nash should face have, Lex and I'd Sting. I'd used a better line. And then he just sits there, pulls out a tome, and he's like, in a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. And he just <laughs> reads the entire... You just keep coming back to it through the fucking night. He's just oh, getting to the bit with the trolls. <laughs> I'd have preferred that. This... Slot and brother in after everything everybody <laughs> says. This felt like they just went... We can call that. We don't need to script this. Yeah, we'll, we'll just, just figure it, it out. We're fucking Hulk Hogan, Diesel, and Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. We'll call it as we go. It was awful. Just, it just they just wittered on about nothing. But at the same time, it, it's kind of the whole thing is that they're unscripted and they're real, right? So to have them witter on weirdly, even though it's a bit of a crap promo, uh, it does feed into that we can do and say anything. And then yeah. Scott Hall asks for birthday cake. So somebody's got birthday cake. <laughs> Still, from somebody scooped it up off the mat. <laughs> Fucking maybe grim. they've just got maybe they've just got uh, Brutus lying prone, still knocked out on a table, <laughs> and they're just going up to him and just scraping bits of the cake off his shirt, just like <laughs> onto a little paper plate, <laughs> and just wiping their hand on his face. Just like I hear what you're saying, not so much about the cake, but I hear what you're saying about oh well, look, it's I'm unscripted, just, I'm it's real, and I know you are, and I yeah. appreciate that. Uh, but what I would say is, here's a great example of this, right? On three occasions yesterday, yeah. as I was walking around my home, I had a shirt on like the one I'm wearing now. Yeah. 
and I would eat. And uh, once it was as I was leaving the room, twice it was in the kitchen. As I walked away, the inside of my shirt caught on a on a handle mm. and pulled me back. Oh, you so love I that. So I had to go. Yep. yep, right. That's real life. Yeah, you never see that in a soap. No, where they go, oh, I, oh. So you want the end of you getting caught on things backstage? No, no, so no, no, no. What I'm where saying. are they? This year at the main event. And <laughs> Hogan's caught a door. Nash's hair's in a door frame somehow stuck in the hinge and Hogan's like caught up on a, a coat hanger still suspended <laughs> off the floor. Like, and Hall's just lying there not knowing what to do. Like, who do I call? They're not going to help. Uh, <laughs> no, what I want is, like, I like the idea that real is real, but also you kind of have to... Uh, you have to. You have to make the re- yeah. You there's have to make the real have a point. It's got to be a point. yeah. There's got to be a point. Like you can't have it so like like you know a, a real conversation in my house would be like Alex being on her phone and me walking in and me going, do you want to go through the budget for the wedding tonight? And her and me waiting ten seconds for her to go what? Yeah. I go. Do you want to go through the budget? Um, yeah. I'm just sending this email uh, to my boss. Does this sound right? That's a real conversation. It's boring yeah. as fuck, but yeah. it's a real conversation. I don't want the NWO doing that. I think one of the things that, that <laughs> it does show here is that obviously Stig and Luger are very passionately angry and they want them in the ring right now. Now, 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 Whereas now. they're very uh, laissez-faire. Whereas they're kind of just sitting there like, you're not even a fucking worry to us. That's a good yeah. shout. I hadn't thought of it in that way. That's, that's a good shout. Back to the ring we go. Thank for that, and they were with, they literally faded them out. Yeah, which I thought was even funnier. It was like <laughs> Hogan's there going, "Oh, got a bit of cake on the belt," and they just faded them out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, to the ring we go. They don't even tell us who's in the ring. We just thankfully have to know. Yeah, because all they do is talk about that prior segment, as I said, for mm. like three minutes. And fuck the WWE Network, who now have decided we don't need chapters in each show. So it doesn't even normally on the old version of the network in the chapter it would have said. Conan versus Jim Powers. God, you're demanding, aren't you? Just pay your money and watch your show. I, God damn, you're I so, do you're pay so it. demanding. Do God fucking damn. pay it. They get how and... de- Do you know how hard they work? Do you know how hard they work? No. Neither do I. <laughs> uh, <but. laughs> they get 120 quid a year off me. They should at least have chapters. Yeah. God damn it. I, it's just when you, when you change something and you're still implementing the change and it's worse than it used to be. I hate it. Yeah, it's, I hate that, it. it's that weird bit. When, when entire year's worth of content that was on the old network just goes missing, I hate it. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate it. Especially when it's stuff I need that yeah. I'm working on. And I'm like, great, I've just not got any of it. Just can't, can't find it now. Any stills, can't do anything. <laughs> Whereas before I could have typed in someone's name yeah. and it would tell me all the matches and the shows. Yeah. Now I have to go to Cage Patch, yeah. find the show, then find the find corresponding the, episode. Find the air date and the number of the show Fuck. as well because often they're different. Like you'll have air dates listed versus recording dates and then it's like, well, is this recorded on the 5th? There's no show that says it was on the fucking 5th but it aired on the 12th. But there's two shows that aired on the 12th. Maybe this one's one. And then you accidentally get the wrong one and you're like for fuck's sake and then you've got to go back and get the other one we've made the WWE more user friendly then now together for it <laughs> it is Conan and Jim Powers though thanks Cage Match for telling me that uh, both already in the ring there's no fancy entrance for Conan and Conan's a baddie yeah Conan's really healing it up in this one mm. Uh, his motivations are unclear and commentary when they finally pull their head out of the Hogan arse uh, they're like oh well Conan what's happening here (laughs) (laughs) Jim Powers overpowers Conan to a big pop 
Uh, when Conan gets back into it, the crowd are not happy. Uh, we get another powers surge. Uh-huh. Nice. Uh, it sees Jim land a drop kick and some strikes in the corner, but Conan then boots him as he rushes the other corner and then uses the ropes as leverage to get a dirty pin. Conan's cheating. He was such a such a valiant babyface, and now now he's gone the way of the Hogan. Or has he? Well, right? we need to get me and Gene in there to find out. Well, thank God, Gene and got to say about this. Thank God, Gene Ann's there to speak to Conan. Uh, Gene says Conan had quote shades of Hulk Hogan, uh, which I believe is leather. It's. Leathery hot dog. Leathery hot dog. But Conan comes out with some straight fire. He he just immediately responds to Gene with, uh, your opinions are irrelevant. Do you pay my checks? No. Then shut up. And then he goes, let me tell you something, mean Gene. And then he downplays it. Yeah, because then he says, uh, the fans should be applauding him. Like, Gene goes, they're not happy with you. And Conan goes, then why don't they buy a ticket to see me? I'm like, well, they didn't. It's a variety show. They've seen multiple people. They paid for Conan. Everybody pays for Conan. Uh, He then goes on to talk about the New World Odor. He says he has a foolproof plan for them. In the plan is, I'm going to stick by WCW. So look out, NWO. I'm a WCW boy. Viva Mexico! <laughs> so fucking confusing. That was it. And then he walks off. He cheats all his way through the match. And then Mean Gene goes, what are you thinking? Shut up, WCW's Mean Gene. You're a prick. Anyway, I'm WCW. Cheers. Fucking, I don't understand. This is going to slowly... This shouldn't be this complicated. It's going to slowly bubble up into the LWO, though. So let's just let it fester. All let's right. let it fester. Let's let Conan get a bit of edge to him, and Tr- then it's going to get really tasty. Trust the process. Trust yeah. the process. Here comes... The Yeti! It's not the Yeti. The Yeti's dead. The Yeti has died. It is Big Ron Stud. The Yeti was supposed to be on the card... But then, you know, it got caught in a door frame. <laughs> got completely unwrapped. And all that was left underneath was Ron Reese wrestling as Ron Stud. He got caught and he spun round like a Scooby-Doo mummy. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody back says, Ron, we've not seen you in 10 years. And he's like, where the fuck have I been? I have these visions. <laughs> he is, of course, I named... was in the Himalayas. <laughs> This is Ron Reese, who was trained by Big John Stud, yep. hence the name. Uh, he is walking to the ring. He is a good few inches taller than the Giants. Yep. He has no real muscle m- technique to him. He has no, mm. no muscle tone he, to he's him. Not like, he's not like a, a super, super built guy. He's got musculature, like, but it, it's not like it's, it's over-the-top, crazy TV wrestling body. He walks to the ring... Either A, like a baby that's just been born and blinking into a new world, or B, like he shat himself. Maybe it's both. (laughs) Those two things kind of probably go hand in hand. (laughs) It seems like. You don't see the doctor pulling him out of the curtain. (laughs) (laughs) And off you go. Puts him upside down, quickly smacks him on the arse. Oh, my gosh. The Yeti unsheathed stands in the ring as Chris Benoit, his opponent, heads to the ring, accompanied by woman and Elizabeth. Uh, Benoit is fe- set to face the Giants at Clash of the Champions on Thursday. So this is a build-up and a tone-up for Benoit. Who, by facing a bigger person. By facing someone bigger than the Giant. <laughs> he slaps Ron several times and then gets throttled by Ron Studd. But yeah. then Benoit does get back into it, taking him down with a low drop kick. And and then just working over the leg. Yeah, so it's, it's like the I 
like it's kind of difficult to talk about now, but it's it's like the iconic Benoit sort of go to right the playbook is mm. you know if it's a much taller opponent you take out the legs and then you brutalize the legs so that they can't stand or they can barely move and then you just grind them into a mat and that's going to become sort of the signature benoit route uh through most of his matchups you know against bigger guys for years to come he's obviously still gonna have technical showcases against people like malenko which we'll get to in a minute uh but like it tends to be the when it's the david versus goliath star matches with benoit it's all just that target in the body parts. And that's what, like, he was my favorite wrestler as a kid. Yeah. Uh, so it was like, the thing I liked most about him was that viciousness when it came to, like, bigger opponents and not letting his size get in the way with it. Um, but, yeah, just sort of seeing it back then, it's it's just super interesting. Stud gets uh, back to his feet somehow and decides, I know, a top rope move. <laughs> I can barely stand, so let's get on the top rope. <laughs> Up he goes. <laughs> Only to get fucking superplexed yep. by Benoit to the ground for the three. A very impressive win and a message sent to the giant. Uh, woman uh, is in the ring with Elizabeth and Mean Jean joins them. She hits on Jean, does woman for a little bit. And then Jean asks Benoit about facing the giant at Clash of the Champions. They reflect on Benoit's match with Dean Malenko at Hogwild. And he Hogwild. gives him mad props. So, yeah, yeah, puts him over as one of his best opponents. However, the horsemen have an agenda. Mm. Uh, he says to the giant, when you get in the ring with the crippler, I will knock you down to size. And then, kaboom, kapow, <laughs> it's our two. Ron Stud shits himself again. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a lot of short matches. Yes, yeah. with tall men. Uh, yes, the fireworks go off and Eric Bischoff and Bobby Heenan welcome us to hour two of Nitro. Pyro out the arse to get us started. And then the announcement that, yes, Hall and Nash are facing leg and sting. Bobby wastes no time in asking Eric Bischoff where the fuck he was last week yeah. when all this stuff was going on. Eric plays it down, saying he was taking care of some business. I was doing some fucking donuts on my Harley Davidson to impress the Hells Angels. <laughs> Bobby, right? I think you'll find me. They weren't impressed and weren't even looking. They were too busy just, you know, living their lives. But I was still trying. <laughs> I looked really cool. <laughs> no, they weren't even in the car. They were all the way over there, like talking and just hanging out. And I was like trying to just see if I did enough donuts. They'd come over and invite me in. <laughs> but I, I, it just didn't happen. Prick. Thanks, Bobby. <laughs> Thanks for making me feel like shit Thanks again. Thanks for exposing me on TV, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> feel sad again now. Uh, they move on to the next match on the card. It's the tag team titles on the line. It's the Steiners and Harlem Heat. Yeah. In a rematch from Road Wild. With Shezbala and the Colonel as well. Yes, Sherry is there uh, hanging off the Colonel. No, 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 no. Uh, the Steiners jump Harlem Heat and they start it hot. It's Rick and St Scott in control very early on and through the break. Harlem don't really get into this match. <laughs> it's they like, get fuck you, all. You see the Steiners throw them to the floor and there's a little bit of a tussle and they get back in. And they go, they go one, two, one, two. And then they throw them to the floor again. And then they get back in. And they kind of go one, two, one, two. And then they throw... It's just like a... <laughs> like nothing a to it. And there's nothing to it at all. Because they get the odd bit of cheap shottage, but then Rick and Scott just power yeah, through them. Rick gets dropped by like Stevie Ray, I think, when they're both technically not the legal man on the outside or something. But that's about really all it is. Big yeah. power slam from Rick. A double underhook dropped by Scott. That always looks nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sherry pulls a Bobby Heenan from WrestleMania. I'm thinking of the Rick Rude Ultimate Warrior match in which as Ultimate Warrior is suplexing Rick Rude into the ring, 
uh, pulls on Warrior's foot, holds it down. Yeah. So Rude gets the pin. Now, Sherry tries to do that here uh, with Rick Steiner and Booker T. But as Booker is landed, is, lands on Rick for the pin, uh, Scott Steiner has chased Colonel Parker into the ring. And as a clumsy Texas man, he trips over Booker T. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a DQ. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's. I don't know. It, it maybe it felt like it was kind of see this referee's on his game. This referee's understanding the rules, and it felt a little bit like Ooh. that, maybe. But at the same time, it was it was funny as fuck. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. Like they're trying to sort of continue the the, the Nick Patrick yeah. story through this. Uh, Colonel Rob Parker gets manhandled by Booker and Stevie post-match, but Sherry is playing peacekeeper. There will be another day. Ooh, that was a nothing match. It was yeah. a real nothing. It, it was, was nice to see Rick and Scott lobbing, right. lobbing around. But... Yeah, it was just a bit, bit of like five minutes of Hoss, and then that was it. That's all it really is. Uh, we got a recap of the Medusa Bull Nakano match from Hogwild and the trashing of the bike. The confirmation that it was indeed a Honda. Yeah, Honda getting destroyed at Hogwild. That'll teach you. Uh, back to the ring we go for Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Ultimate Dragon. The Ultimate Dragon, seriously, guys, with, with Sonny Ono. With Sonny. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Different uh, family. Big fan. <laughs> Ninja kicks Dragon and a, uh, sorry, Ninja kicks from Dragon and a lovely spinning torture rack yeah. type thing uh, gives the challenger a nice early advantage. We also see a Muta elbow. We see a running powerbomb several years before D'Lo Brown. There's just a lot of exciting moments in this match. And it's, you know, it's exactly what you'd expect from Ultimo Dragon and Ray at yeah. any point, even now. You know, I'd imagine they'd be able to do this stuff. So it's amazing, and we even get in a top rope. Nothing. He's going for all the things. Uh, Ultimate <laughs> Dragon comes off top, and then just gets booted by Rey Mysterio. Rey does this weird thing where he bounces off the ropes, propelled by Dragon, yeah. and sort of flips forward and sort of balances on his head between the second and third yeah. rope. He just kind of catches it, right? Yeah. You see, I've seen it quite a lot in, in Lucha when I've watched it. You see people do like the shoulder bounce, which always looks terrifying. Like they'll go into the rope or like the corners and the head will go all the way down and like tucked and the shoulders and the arms sort of catch the brunt of it and then they just bounce straight back from like that. And it looks like, wow, you broke your neck. <laughs> but you, I think it might just be sort of um, inventive offense from Ray there. I feel like what he was hoping to do was was spring off his neck and yeah. jump onto his shoulders into a springboard rana. It wasn't that wasn't as fluid as that. Yeah. But I liked it. Yeah, it was it's unusual, but I liked it. This, this young Ray Mysterio Jr. is going to go far. He's going to can he eclipse senior? That's the question. <laughs> I don't know if he ever will. He's going to produce a right twat of a child that's going <laughs> to become Just one of the best baddies ever. Somebody stamp on his balls. <laughs> We can go. We're back in time. We can stop Dominic Mysterio by castrating Ray at this particular point. Oh no! Give me that stick. Um, Dragon does a fake out into a beauty of a suicide dive. Yeah. Oh my god, these two are great. Dragon suplex gets a near fall. He follows it up with a lion salt. Does Ultima Dragon? He goes for a power bomb at the instruction of Sonny Ono. Like Sonny's going, yeah, give him a power bomb, and he's like, all right, I'll give him a power bomb. And but then that second or two he takes to set it up, just a second or two too long, because Ray turns it into a sunset flip and gets the three to retain his title. Cruiserweight Ray. 
Oh, what a slick like eight minutes or so, if yeah. that. It was nice. It was it was exactly what the show needed because we'd seen a, a quite a bit of bump up to this point. Uh, and this is more like a sit down, watch the wrestling moment. So. Yeah, they did really nicely here. Uh, once again, we power up the Philips CDI to see photos of Ric Flair and Eddie Guerrero from Hogwild. Uh, with Flair retaining the US title. But tonight, he puts it up against a man that he has had on his coattails and chasing him for months and months and fucking months. We're getting Flair versus Savage. Or oh, Randy Bobandy. Randy Bobandy, everyone's favorite land to air missile <laughs> versus the Nature Boy he theme park. He wants to be careful. You know, you don't want to set him off. No, well, he's born set off. Huge ovation for Savage as he charges to the ring and the match starts very quickly. All Savage chops, strikes, a backdrop, a very blatant choke. Flair tries a few things, but zero effect on Savage. He's just too wide. He's just frenetic, isn't he? Yeah. Like, he's just all over the place. I think Savage is at his best when he's doing stuff like this. Yeah, for sure. There's nobody that can do it like him. No. Like, I... Warrior had his own kind of brand of it, but Savage is just great at playing that kind of crazed madman, right? And Flair's are so good as a foil. Oh, yeah. Like, like come on. They're beautiful together, aren't they? Yeah, they just work wonders. Uh, outside the outside, they fight. Flair lands a low blow behind the referee's back, and he gains a little bit of ground. Flair's in control during the break, and when we come back from break, we've got Savage draped over the ring apron, where Liz gives him a lovely slap to the How face. How dare you, Lizley? <laughs> Lizley. How dare you? John Lizley, <laughs> as she is now called. This actually wakes Savage up. He goes wild for a bit until Flair counters a top rope axe hand. Flair then puts the figure four on Savage, but Savage may able to is able to reverse the polarity and gets backdrop for his triple. A rogue clothesline takes the referee out though. He just <sighs> fucking eats it, doesn't he? He absolutely <clears throat> stacks it. Fucking hell. <laughs> they brawl outside the ring, and here slowly comes Hulk Hogan. Well, no, Randy starts ripping up the mats first. Yes, so Randy's sorry. ripping up the ring mats, and it looks like he's about to just spike Flair head first or something. And then out comes Hogan with a chair. Nick Patrick at this point is in the ring checking on the referee, but he very much has his back away from what's happening, so he yeah. can't see Hogan. Hogan fucking clattering Savage in the back with a chair. Yeah. He rolls Savage into the ring. Flair goes in after him, and Flair covers Savage. Flair and just he... takes the, the reins, right? He just takes the three. Jesus, take it. the wheel. Yeah. And, and Nick Patrick, by this point, is paying attention, and the three is called. I couldn't help but every single time Flair went for the figure four, all that popped in my head was the video that was circulating earlier in the week of it's fucking play wrestling. Oh, my God! That was amazing! Kick me in the face for it. <laughs> I love that. I those two. You fucking kick me in the face. We should get them on the podcast feed, shouldn't we? Fucking play wrestling. Fucking hell. Like he was trying to say, I remember that, that video is amazing. He, he fights so hard to get out the figure four. Like he didn't want to go in it at all. No, but he's, it's like his knee's getting fucked up. So he just starts punching. <laughs> and then it's like, you want to shoot? You want to shoot? Oh, it's fucking, it's magnificent. Love wrestling. They're, they're proper grown ups doing yeah. that in the middle of a field. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever you do in your free time. Yeah, if it makes uh, you happy. It if makes it makes you happy. You happy. Yeah. It, it didn't make that guy happy. If it makes you happy and it doesn't hurt other people. It hurt That's him. all that matters. It fucking hurt his leg in a figure But it form. gave us a great moment. It gave us a great it moment. It gave us such a great moment. If you happen to listen to this podcast, drop me a message. Oh, please. Love I'd to love to know like you. the inside out of it because it's like while while everybody's kind of laughing at it for being funny, it's there's clearly something more going on there. But at the same time, it's just I don't know. It's like this perfect little microcosm of wrestling isn't it <laughs> i know i know what i'm gonna do later i'm gonna try and find him <laughs> 
Uh, Heenan is uncertain about Flair's allegiance. Yeah, because Flair just sort of takes it. But at the same time, he's the dirtiest player in the game. So if it's just sitting on a plate, he's going to have it. But Heenan's visibly upset about this regardless. Mm. I think any other time, Heenan would be like, yeah, whatever, any holes a goal. But because it's the NWO involved, Heenan's now worried. And Heenan's already got his back up about the NWO. What if the NWO gets the horseman? Oh, God. Yeah, Yeah. it could happen. Bischoff moves the conversation back to Hogwild and the main event where we get footage or stills of Hogan beating the giant via shenanigans and then we get the full video version of the booty man's appearance and his subsequent beating yeah and I... then they spray the belt <laughs> and that, but... yeah and that's the key moment yeah but, but I'd love watching Brutus just get the shit kicked out of him here it threw me off completely because yeah. I remember watching it going I don't remember Brutus joining this early this early yeah Oh, he doesn't. Oh, <laughs> fine. Caught me. I, I, I love. That's what I love about doing these. Is the old episode will come along. Yeah. And I'll go. I didn't think that happened here. Oh, it doesn't. Right. <laughs> I like being caught out. To me and Jim, we go on the ramp to oh, speak to Hollywood we, Hulk Hogan. Here we fucking go. <laughs> so, Hogan addresses his attack on Savage and a bunch of other shit. The NWO is real important all of a sudden. First, we take the WCW, we transform it into the world or, into, into WCW title, we transform it into the New World Order belt, and the red turns green as Savage is laid out in the squared circle. There's no stopping the New World Order. Gene says Flair will try and stop Hogan at Clash of the Champions. Hogan says it all boils down to business, and that's why he helped him just then. He says, when condominiums were burned in Waco, they were burned for a reason but not because of who was in there. He said, just, just like when condominiums were burned in Waco, they burned them for a reason, not because of who was in there. That's why I did what I did tonight. That was the full quote. And then it just moves on. <clears throat> now, for anybody that doesn't know about Waco, uh, buckle up. <laughs> so, I, I was so hoping you'd bring Terry, the goods here. Terry just casually dropping in a mention of the Waco siege, cool as a cucumber. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, first off, condominiums, uh, unless we're not talking about the Waco siege, uh, I don't know much else happening in Waco, but I mean, it's the most famous thing that happened there. Uh, it wasn't a condominium. It was Mount Carmel Center, which was a ranch. Uh, and second, just what the fuck? <laughs> so there's sort of two main sides to the Waco coin with where people sit on it. Uh, the official story is that the ATF caught wind of David Koresh and his followers, uh, which were the Branch Davidians, like a cult-like religious sect. They lived in Mount Carmel. Um, Where it was they, 1996 permanently. It was, well, it was 1993. <laughs> which makes it even more kind of, what? This is three years ago. <laughs> uh, but essentially, um, the Branch Davidians were this religious sect and, and people, there were a lot of rumors and rumblings of uh, sexual abuse of, of David Koresh, their leader, uh, having child brides, of them stockpiling illegal weapons. And then one day, uh, a UPS driver finds grenade shells inside a broken box when he's making a delivery, reports it, and eventually, the ATF perform a, survi- a surprise daylight raid on February 28, 1993. ATF, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Uh, this leads to the deaths of four ATF agents and five Davidians on that first raid. Uh, the FBI then take over because federal agents are being killed. Uh, and after promising Koresh that he could broadcast a message if he came out peacefully, he went, all right, I'll broadcast the message. And they went, God told me to stay in here. I'm not coming out. So then that leads to this whole, like, I think it's like a 58-day standoff or something. Uh, 19 children were released from the compound after that message failed to have him come out. Uh, But eventually, growing sick of the siege, FBI cut water and power to the building. They start blasting music, sounds from slaughterhouses, all these things. All times of the day to try and force them out, try and just drive them mad and get them the fuck out of the building. Uh, But on April 9th, 
The FBI punched holes in the sides of the building and flooded the place with tear gas. Now, apparently they were also saying uh, over loudspeakers, like, we're not going to attack you. We're just trying to drive you out. So, like, they'd, they'd punch the holes in. They fill the place with tear gas as much as they can. Um, but essentially... At around midday, fires then started simultaneously all over the compound. This would then turn into an inferno that would kill 76 people, uh, all but nine escapees, and 23 of them were children. Uh, the government maintains the Davidians started the fires deliberately, but survivors claim that the FBI deliberately or accidentally started the fires with pyrotechnic rounds. Now, where does Hogan sit is the question here. Well, it seems that he believes the FBI started the fires because he said it's like when those condominiums were burned in Waco, they burned them for a reason. Uh, not because of who was in there. So he he's on the side that the FBI did it. Uh, so essentially, it could also be that he's the leader of the NWO and he's actually part of the conspiracy NWO <laughs> and he's actually the secret ruler of Earth. But, but we don't know. We may never know. And then after mentioning Waco, he runs down the stinker and flexy Lexi oh. and says that Ric Flair's new nickname, again, this one's got to be ad-libbed, is Stupid Little Man. <laughs> And all this time, Wildcat Willie is just doing an awkward shuffle in the ring in front of people as they cart Randy Savage out to stop kids crying. <laughs> so, that is all like, true. <laughs> it's like, I was sat there like, did he just fucking say when the condominiums were burned in Waco? And then I was like, what the fuck? But that was not what I was expecting on a 1996 Nitro. Just a casual mention of fucking Waco fuck. scene. The NWO where does, where does is like Waco. On, where does he stand on Ruby Ridge? <laughs> The I don't pipe. want to know where he stands on Oklahoma, but like, <laughs> where does he stand on Ruby Ridge? Hey, you never know. We might get another promo next the week NWO about... The NWO is technically a form of wrestling militia, if you think about it. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's called the New World Order. Yeah. Says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Maybe he's going to move everybody to Idaho. <laughs> Give them some training. <laughs> and they all learn how to do a leg drop. Yeah. <laughs> they all learn five moves. <laughs> I have to mention, because thank you for the Waco breakdown. I couldn't have done it any better myself. Um, I have to mention the line here where he talks about, he says, the stinker and flexi Lexi. And he says, we're not going to call them that anymore. I said, well, that already sounds like the new names you've given them. You've fucked this already. <laughs> he then tries twice to say categorize, which he can't. He just says carrot eyes. Carrot eyes, he says twice. <laughs> and then he says, he gives up and goes, I'm just going to start putting wrestlers in suitable categories. <laughs> and the category that Ric Flair is in is that he's now not called the nature boy, but the stupid little man. So what, was, I can't was, figure out your filing system. That, isn't a nickname supposed to be shorter than the actual name? Because like <laughs> yeah. Rick, Rick's, Rick's a one-syllable, three-letter word, you know? <laughs> Stupid little man is, is so much longer. Unless you say it really quickly. <laughs> In every promo, it's like, stupid little man. It's just, I find it, like, the juxtaposition it's, of, like, this is like Waco. Anyway, Rick, you're a poo-poo head. But, but the thing was, like, if you, if you took that and gave it to Jericho, Jericho could make that work. Jericho could make that line work so easily, but Hogan, it just, it just bumbles out of there as like I forgot where I was going stupid little man yeah he clearly what I think once he figured out he couldn't say categorize yeah. he lost all confidence <laughs> in the point he was making and wandered off he was two minutes away from doing a quick little tap dance <laughs> and shuffling just out of frame like this is it I feel like like Hogan and the NWO they just go we'll call it out there I wish they wouldn't call it out yeah. there I wish they'd go out there with a top a middle and a, a start a middle and an end at least a start and an end like all I ask is a start and an end yeah. do what you want in the middle <laughs> but know where you're going and know exactly how you get there 
That's 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 the fundamentals <laughs> of every single radio link. You have a start and an end. You can dance in the middle if you want, but you've got to get to that end point. If you don't, <laughs> fuck it out. The world's a terrible place. And this this and then he says, "Oh, Flair's a stupid little man." This is like Waco. Bye. And then Mean Gene goes, "I've got a sick feeling in my stomach." Yeah, me oh, too. Just hungry. Yeah, hungry for Waco. <laughs> Uh, it's main event o'clock. Savage has been stretched to the back, as Sam says. And as he's stretched to the back, Wildcat Willie is pumping the crowd up in the ring. It's just the thought of them carrying him out on a stretcher while Wildcat Willie's just like, now it's my time he's to taunting shine. Him. And he's just he's just running the ropes and doing all the Hogan stuff. And just <laughs> And it does come to my theory that Wildcat Willie is the fourth man of the NWO. Maybe he, he is. keeps popping up and he seems delighted with the shit that the NWO are causing. <laughs> so I think Wildcat Willie's the the fourth man. The new Wildcat Order. The new Wildcat Order. Yeah. Uh, reminder of the NWO backstage attack from a few weeks ago. We get a random brief shot of Arn Anderson mm. and, and woman crying backstage. Yeah. The production truck says, oh, the Outsiders match is happening now, but we can't find the Outsiders. And they're going, there's a problem with production. There's a problem. Are we going to come back to production? Or is we going to, oh, oh, no. Oh, Where's Wildcat Willie? They're, they're coming over the barricade. They're yeah. Here. They're just entering. I mean, I, they, I like the fact that they're like, we can't find them for their entrance. Well, yeah. it's because they're in the crowd and they're coming out of their own accord. That bit I quite like. Yeah. I enjoy Enjoyed that. Uh, Sting and Luger uh, music hit or Sting's music hits. Luger comes out on his own. Uh, and where's Sting? What, what's yeah. happened to Sting? He's a coward. What's going on with Sting? Maybe they've attacked Sting. Uh, what's, what's happening? And then Sting shows up about a minute later. Yeah, Sting. Luger batters them on his own, but then when he starts getting overcome, Sting surprises Nash off the top rope, and they send the outsiders reeling. Mm. It's a brawl around the ring, which Nash and Hall are able to finally take control of. Now the controversy begins when Nash throws Sting over the top rope. Yeah, that's a DQ. That is a DQ in, in the this stupid in this, days this, of wrestling. This archaic terror terrible time but nick patrick doesn't call it no he doesn't he lets them fight on yeah uh, commentary then start pointing out like well that, that should have been the end of the match like what's going on mm, what's happening here i personally like him for doing that yeah i think it's a stupid rule <laughs> patrick see now uh, now as as sting and luger start to beat up on uh the hall of nash lads again mm. sting does a sting a splash in the corner to nash and then goes to hall and hall moves yeah Something happens. I see it clear as day. The commentators don't. We'll get to it. Um, the horseman hit. The, then what happens is, as as these misses, as Stinger misses the splash. Yeah. The horseman then hit the ring, and Nash and Hall take a powder. As does Nick Patrick. Yeah, they all just run away. Yeah, we get a replay, and we see what the fuck happened. And we get commentary going like, "Uh, well, obviously, you know, they they're all in an ambulance together, just in case you're going to question why they've come out." They were in an ambulance together. You know, they're, they're friends now. Yeah, yeah, they were. The replay shows Hall in the corner being pulled out of the corner by Nick Patrick. That piece of shit. Piece of fuck. That piece shit. of shit. That Who very does he think tall he is? piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the confirmation that we needed. Yeah. That Nick Patrick is working for the NWO. He's on the take. Mm, he is the fourth man, maybe, or the first ref. 
He's the the first ref. He is yeah. the first ref of the horse of the of the NWO. Mean Gene chats to the horseman. Though. Yes, uh, Flair says that they draw the guidelines of history here. They say they don't like Sting and Luger, but they're WCW, so we'll stand with them for yeah. now. Flair and uh, now Flair is facing Hogan at Clash of the Champions on Thursday. Yeah, so he's got some words for Hogan. Yes, he? Uh, and he's he sizes up the NWO as a whole. He says that Nash is too tall for him, but Mongo going to have a go. Yeah. He tells Hall uh, that uh, he's got Arn Anderson there with him, so Arn's going to take out Hall, yep. and whoever the mystery man is is going to be taken out by Chris Benoit. And then Flair basically says, Hook, we'll come in and get you, Hogan. And then that's it. And we end yeah. with the Horseman and Lex Luger and Sting all ready to fight the Horseman. So we'll fight, ready to fight the NWO. We'll see you on Thursday at Clash of the Champions. And the crowd were robbed of such a main event. <laughs> <laughs> it was like five minutes of brawling yeah. and then nothing yeah, I'm else. I'm assuming there was a dark match afterwards, maybe, or something. Because it felt like a quite a flat note. According to, to the Observer, to no. Off. That was just it. I imagine they went, thanks for coming, bye. <laughs> See you later. Bye. We'll be back in six months. I don't believe they tape Clash of the Champions after this. Yeah. I do think it's, I believe it's live on Thursday. Mm. Um, but we'll know next week when we'll talk about we Clash of the Champions. Find out. Oh, we'll be doing a watch along for Clash, won't we? I think we should, shouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. nice to do a Clash of Champions watch along. Thoughts on Nitro this week? Uh, you know, it wasn't exactly a bad episode. It was a bit meandering. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that, you know, all the flavors there, all the ingredients are there. They're starting to gel nicely in the pot. But it just needs that extra little bit of seasoning, that little bit of refinement. Got to let it cook off a little bit, and it's going to start getting good. Mm, there's something, yeah. There's something in there. I just, I don't know how I feel about these quote-unquote real NWO bits backstage. They just well, just seem... wait till fucking Russo shows up, mate, because it's going to get a whole lot worse. Oh no! <laughs> don't want it to get worse, Dad. I want it to be better. <laughs> I want it to be better. Pray for the days of. Stunted backstage real life thing. When someone gets there. Anyway, it's time for our metaphorical shirts to be caught in the hook of life. Yes. And and stay and stand down for now. Uh, in case you missed it, we got the first exclusive interview with Grado. After his after his appearance at AEW All In. Fantastic. Uh he wants Jarrett again. You well, why wouldn't he? Of course he does. He why wants to wouldn't he? pin Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. And uh, he talked a little bit about uh, behind the scenes and stuff at, at AEW All In, which is lovely. That's sick. Nice chat with him. We had Clint Margera on Desert Island Graps this Amazing. week. Uh, he is a deathmatch star of North Wrestling, the North Wrestling Ultraviolet Champion, currently in Australia, tearing people's skin off. Nice. Uh, I literally go around, he's sat exactly where I'm sat now, and I just ask him about all his scars. <laughs> <laughs> And he's very open about it. Nice. Nice. That's cool. So he's good. So they're on the podcast feed waiting for you. Obviously, loads of other good stuff coming out of All In. Jack Atkins from the Cold Toilet Classic Raw Review had a great chat with Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez. Lovely. Oh, the titans of industry. Just minds just colliding. Oh, my God. Uh, We had Jack the Jobber interviewing Will Ospreay. Literally moments after Ospreay got jumped by Jericho at Rev Pro. (laughs) Which is fantastic. Uh, loads of other good stuff on the channel coming very soon. An all-in blog from Jet the Jobber too. Anything you want to plug? Uh, I think you've covered it all. I think we did it all, didn't yeah. we? You've always got projects on the quiet that you're working always on. Always on the quiet. Always yeah. on the quiet. This man's always very quiet. End of the year, you should see it. It's a Thursday. Does that mean you're on Twitch tonight? Probably, yeah. Yeah. So I might be on Twitch if it's 6 p.m. If it's 6 p.m., wait. No, do you I'll know where your children on. are? Yeah, do you know where your children are? <laughs> if you do... Get over to twitch.tv slash cultaholic and hang out with Sam Driver for the evening. 
And until we're next together, he's at the Sam Driver on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell together. We're at God, all I got to do There's cake on the belt. Oh, well, wake up, eh? <laughs> God, this is just such a wake Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 